Here's a message from Ken Lavica. Yankees used to be the evil empire. They used to dominate. Now, they're just soft. Stone Lebanowitz hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Programs. Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. I get it, Detroit. I get Detroit fans. Baseball fans, I get it. Just because maybe strategically something was the quote-unquote right thing to do doesn't mean that it doesn't make the Yankees complete, abject, petty crap. Ken Levick alive to end the week Friday here on ESPN 106.3, the free ESPN app and on your smart speaker in the Anna John Levine Action and Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers right off of the sparkly and humid intracoastal. Friday, and she's back for round two. Jeanette Javier, after her regular Wednesday appearance, says, you know what? I want to end the week in the worst mood possible, so I'm going to go hang out with Ken and Stone. Hi. Hi. You're welcome for being here. <laughs> Thank you. Stone the Banowitz, Friday Night Lights. He is running this catastrophe until 2 o'clock. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it when it happened. Stone, yesterday as I'm leaving the office... That was right when I saw Aaron Boone go full-fledged marshmallow belly gutless. (laughs) What is that? (laughs) Oh, man. You've got Miguel Cabrera, Mm. who is at $29.99. The 3,000-hit club is still one of those records in baseball. Even though the no-hitter means nothing anymore, 3,000 hits is still a thing. Definitely. 3,000 hits is still something that you're looking forward to. And especially with a guy in Miguel Cabrera, Jeanette, who has all of those South Florida ties. And I understand it was a completely different era in his career, but the man got to start right here with the Marlins. There's still a lot of pride down here for Miguel Cabrera. He's a household name in yeah, baseball. Yeah, and 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 he's a... I think South Florida, there are some in South Florida they that... They still claim that, him. Yeah, he's, he's one, of, one of their own, right? And so... Yesterday, on the precipice of history, runners on second and third, two outs, and the Tigers are up one nothing. Miguel Cabrera comes to the plate, base open, and Aaron Boone makes the decision to intentionally walk Miguel Cabrera. So yesterday, there's 22,000 fans at Comerica Park in Detroit, including Miggy's family that are looking on, and this is his last chance of the day to get 3,000 hits. A Thursday afternoon game, and Aaron Boone makes the decision to intentionally walk Miguel Cabrera. I want you to hear the anticipatory buzz from the crowd at Comerica, uh, Comerica Park. And then how that morphs into abject rage directed at Aaron Boone yesterday. This is Bally's Detroit, and this is what it sounded like on the TV call. And you'll hear when the fans realize that Aaron Boone has just called for Miguel Cabrera's intentional walk. 
could see a... Absolute fury. I mean, that is just raining on Aaron Boone yesterday. So all of this was preceded by a double play ball, right? So there was nobody out. Candelario grounds into a double play. Runners on second and third. Base open. And Aaron Boone, I suppose in common sense baseball thought, okay, fine, you make that move, okay? You make that move base open. You want to set up a lefty-lefty reliever versus hitter matchup, okay? Here's the problem that I have with this, though. Miguel Cabrera, yes, he's on the precipice of history. He's 39 years old. If you're still worried, you're the manager of the Yankees, the mighty Yankees, the triumphant Yankees, the 27-time world champion New York Yankees, and you are going to let 39-year-old Miguel Cabrera put you into a spot where you believe you are best suited to skirt history and sidestep it in order to get to Austin Meadows? What have the Yankees become? What have the Yankees become? You go from Derek Jeter and Paul O'Neill and Bernie Williams and back-to-back-to-back championships, and Joe Torrey, to now Aaron Boone is walking a 39-year-old, trailing <laughs> one nothing, who's a hit away from 3,000 to get to Austin Meadows. And karma's a B. That is soft. That is soft, okay? By the way, Austin Meadows... Hitting 375 with an 875 OPS against lefty relievers coming into yesterday. That's the guy that Aaron Boone pitched around 39 year old Miguel Cabrera to get to. Is the much more proficient against lefty relievers in the year of our Lord 2022, Austin Meadows. That's soft baseball. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The fans should be furious. They should be bringing out the pitchforks. Mm-hmm. And when you're the Yankees and you're Aaron Boone, I mean, you're on hard times. If on April 21st of this season, you don't have the guts nope. to pitch to Miguel, 39-year-old Miguel Cabrera with two outs, in the ninth inning. And I said karma's a B. Austin Meadow doubled the center and drove in the two runs. And then there's the subsequent karma. You're exactly right. What happens? Austin Meadows comes to the plate, bloops a single into center, two-run score, you're down 3 nothing. <laughs> How about that for a middle finger to Aaron Boone? Was it worth it? Was it worth it? Mm-hmm. it my favorite part is how weak it makes the Yankees look. They are apparently... You're the Yankees! The evil empire. Mm-hmm. The big, bad Yankees with all these big hitters. Ooh, the history. Miguel... 27 World Championships. Right. Oh, really? And then Miguel Cabrera comes wheelchairing up to the plate, and you're going to intentionally walk him. I mean, ridiculous. It's really soft. Here's Aaron Boone explaining his decision that... 
he made with Miguel Cabrera after the game. The 3-0 loss, by the way, yesterday in Detroit. I love it. Look, it's a baseball call all the way, you know, but but there, there's no doubt that there's a little more, like, you know, feeling to it when you're, you know, understanding the situation. So, you know, but in the end, you got to go with what you think is, is, is right within the, within the context of the game. That's a cop-out. If I were a Yankee fan, I would be just as pissed listening to that because a baseball decision, whatever, that's a, that's a big-time excuse. But the way the, the organization looks right now, you have the reputation of, again, that evil empire doesn't hold high any longer. I mean, Yankees fans, I'm curious because this is almost, this Palm Beach County Treasure Coast region this is like Yankees market number two, okay, in this country. Oh, Look at the traffic. Come on. This is Yankees market <laughs> number two Yankees down fans. here. Aaron Boone, I appreciate him making a baseball decision. No. But I'm sorry. When you are getting butterfly-y and stomach-churning over 39-year-old Miguel Cabrera coming to the plate so much so with two outs – that you're going to, if it was a baseball decision, if it was a true baseball decision, why wouldn't you just go to the pen and bring in someone to face Miguel Cabrera? Because what you ended up doing is you walked Miguel Cabrera to get to a guy who's been way more proficient against lefty relievers, who was on the mound at that point. That actually is the baseball decision right there. That would be smart and intelligent and worth watching. So this is the case of a guy managing... From 1960, when in reality, if he was actually making a baseball decision, he'd be using 2022 logic, which means he would be going to the analytics in that spot. And it came back to burn him. Now It's wanna, soft. Now, I want to ask you, Ken. I know the context isn't necessarily there, but how does this differ from Dave Roberts playing Clayton Kershaw from the game if that was a pure baseball Here move? Here is the difference. That decision was a long-term decision for the health of of your ace. That's to ensure that you potentially have that guy in August. Okay? This was just a singular situational one game decision. That game was in already that, right. That game was already over, by the way. Mm-hmm. That game was mm-hmm. over. What Dave Roberts did, that was a move for preservation, which I support because Clayton Kershaw, the the fact he's on a pitch count. And why he's on a pitch count is all baseball's fault, is all ownership's fault because of the lockout. Dave Roberts isn't pulling Clayton Kershaw if those billionaire jackasses aren't locking out the players and there is a full spring training where Kershaw can get completely loose and be able to throw unencumbered, okay? So that's the difference. Dave Roberts made a decision because baseball's ownership put him in that spot, and for him, he has a world championship that he has to win this year mm-hmm. because that's the only thing acceptable in Dodgerland. This, this was a scared decision on Aaron Boone's part for a game April 21st on a Thursday afternoon that screwed over the fans. Dave Roberts didn't screw over anybody, okay? He didn't screw over anybody, not to mention his team was the road team. In that spot. Yeah. You're in Detroit with those fans who are there on a Thursday to watch 3,000 hits. 
Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how good a crowd 22,000 is on a Thursday afternoon in Detroit. And that's all because they're there to see Miguel Cabrera. And what does Aaron Boone do? He gets marshmallow belly. Or a dent on the legacy of the Yankees. But that's what the Yankees are known for. Like, let's be bad. You want to three, like, what are you going to do? You already have the 27 cha- world championships. Live up to the evil empire. Live up to the drama. Live up to being that petty organization. It's no longer there. And I love it. Like, the Yankees look weak because of Aaron Boone. It's weak. It's weak stuff. If, if am I, I'll put it this way. If I was a Yankees fan, you can acknowledge that it was the, quote, baseball decision while also being really disappointed in your team yeah. and your franchise and thinking that that's a weak move, right? Oh, yeah. No you, can be, you can be both of them. Oh, well, that's what a manager should do. Okay, but is that something to be proud of? And if I was a Yankees fan, I would not be proud of what Aaron Boone did yesterday. Well, that's what I said earlier, that if I were a Yankee fan, I would be just as pissed mm-hmm. because the team that I root for, I am proud to mm-hmm. be part of this evil empire. I want to be that bad boy in the sport. And now, Aaron Boone, thank you for being, what, scared yeah. of a 38-year-old baseball player right. in Detroit, in his home, right. for hitting 3K against the team. Mm-hmm. Like you, That's so weak. It's- I would be just as pissed as a Yankees fan. Jeanette says, weak. I say, mm, what one word would I say? Soft. It's soft. The one word to describe the Yankees walking Miggy yesterday. What's the one word to describe the Yankees walking Miggy yesterday? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. You can tweet at us at KLV1063. But Aaron Boone, the Yankees, I say it's soft. Jeanette says it's weak. Stone, what's the one word you would use to describe the Yankees walking Miggy yesterday? I think I would go with embarrassing. Okay. Because I think with what the Yankees have shown us so far in this season, it it almost seems like they're panicking. Like they're just trying to keep their head above. They're above above 500. Yeah, they are. But we're not that far in. But they just haven't played. They're uninspiring. They're uninspiring. And I think Yankees fans, like, don't want to see Aaron Boone, like, take this angle. I mean, they, they want to be the favorites. They want to be the clear-cut guys who are supposed to go out and win each and every night, and, and they're not showing that right now. So it seemed embarrassing because I think they're in panic mode right now, and it's so early. Well, Aaron Boone, I think, is in panic mode. Yeah. I, I, I just I, – I, I, the baseball decision thing, I get it. But in 2022, you actually look at the numbers, and by the numbers, the better matchup was with Miggy at the plate. It was. It just was. And, and the fact that, that Aaron Boone single-handedly made that decision to pitch around a 39-year-old, the dude's not having his Hall of Fame days anymore, okay? Mm-mm. Those are long gone, okay? And you're, you're pitching around him on April 21st? I don't, I don't think that's the Yankee way. It's not. And what's the most exciting for me is Detroit has Colorado coming to, to town tonight mm-hmm. at 7. And if I'm a gambling man, and I might be, Miggy, Miggy, Hits a dinger tonight. His first at bat, like I, I'm not gonna say he hits a home run on his first at bat, but he's gonna hit, get a hit tonight. I, I say he does it first. Like this is karma coming around twice. And to Miguel Cabrera's credit, he said after the game, "Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I we won. He's, Everything's fine." But he's talking like a veteran. He's talking like a veteran should. He's talking like a man with class, at least yes. from a baseball standpoint, should. For sure. But it doesn't make Aaron Boone any softer. Doesn't make him any weaker. Doesn't make the Yankees look any uh, any more uh, cowardly than they do. Right now. That's cowardice stuff. 
right there. It's not the Yankees. If I'm a Yankees fan, again, I'm tell, I'm talking to all of you in Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast. If I were you, if I were someone who dons the pinstripes, if I was someone who worships at the altar of Mickey Mantle, I would not be proud of this franchise today. Mm-mm. That soft, gutless stuff yesterday from the Yankees. It just flat out is. It's something that I would expect, and I'm a White Sox fan, from ancient Tony La Russa. <laughs> That's the type of managing I would expect from Tony La Russa, but not Aaron Boone. That was back in the petty days, though. That's when they were able to do that. Kind well, of that stuff. was back in the days where it's all about eye test and gut feel. Eye test and gut feel. That's how we manage. Right. Eye test, gut feel. Eyes to gut. Now, look at the numbers. The better matchup was not Austin Meadows. Who ended up coming through? I was saying, and it ended up coming through. He right. smacked a double to center. Right. Brought in two runs. I, oh, Ken, you're just Yankee hating. You're just Yankee hating. You hate New York all the time. No. I know as a fan how I differentiate what the Dodgers did, where I understand the longevity argument when it comes to Clayton Kershaw and the fact that baseball dug its own grave with a potential perfect game with Clayton Kershaw. That's mm-hmm. baseball's fault. That's nobody else's fault. That's baseball's fault that Clayton Kershaw had Dave Roberts not comfortable going over 90 pitches in that spot, okay? This is Aaron Rodgers, or Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) Wrong sport. (laughs) Right division, wrong sport. (laughs) This is Aaron Boone just being a coward yesterday. Just a flat-out coward. Let's hear his response again. Let's hear his response again, why the decision was made. What went into it? Look, it's a baseball call all the way, you know, but but there, there's no doubt that there's a little more, like, you know, feeling to it when you're, you know, understanding the situation. So, you know, but in the end, you got to go with what you think is, is, is right within the, within the context of the game. Okay, what you feel. What you feel. Not actually statistically tells the story, but what you feel. So Aaron Boone went full Tony La Russa. Aaron Boone aged, like, 35 years in that eighth inning yesterday and just decided, ah, gut feel, gut feel. He thought it was Miguel Cabrera of 2004. Thought it was Miguel Cabrera of 2006. <laughs> nope. This was 39-year-old Miguel Cabrera. It was okay? so weak on his part. And I'm speaking, and, and, and I want to be clear about something. Am I a baseball manager? Am I the biggest baseball savant? No. I know who I like, the White Sox. I know what I like to see. I like to see fun. I know what I appreciate, and that is not a reliance on strikeouts in the three-run homer. Yankees fans, you better be on the same side of that as me because you've relied on that, and that's what sunk you over the last decade, okay? I'm speaking as a fan. I know what I don't like, and that is old-school managerial thought of managing off of pure feel. And then especially when you're in Detroit, and you know he's fully cognizant of expectations in that spot, and you don't have the guts to let your reliever get one more out, it's not like there was any strategy that needed to be involved with a double play or trying to get out of the inning. You were a pitch away from getting out of that inning. Mm-hmm. So go get it. Go get it. And thank God. Thank you, baseball God. And I like to think that baseball God is Mr. Met. I like to think that baseball God just has the big, gigantic baseball head like Mr. Met. Thank you, Mr. Met, baseball God. I see it. That you answered our prayers. I see it, too. And Austin Meadows ended up making Aaron Boone look real bad. Yes. That's what he deserved. That's what like the Yankees Stone deserve. said, straight karma, super quick. Got what they deserve. I mean, flat out got what they deserve. 
What's the one word to describe the Yankees walking Miggy yesterday? Weak? Soft? Embarrassing? All those have been thrown around. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And on Twitter, at KLV1063. Oh, but you managed to win the game! But he actually didn't manage to win the game. And it's April 21st. If you're concerned about the long-term ramifications with that lineup, with that lineup, over something that happens April 21st, the Yankees have changed. They have changed from the Yankees I knew. I'm sorry. And I love it. Like we're, saying, we're seeing a different side of the Yankees that we, I've never actually seen before because growing sure. up in the early 2000s, that was the team. They were the bad boys. Think when they it. walked in the room... You're like, you sit down and you stay quiet because they're about they're up to something. It's crazy that the Yankees of old, too, would have already locked up Aaron Judge. But what do I know? <laughs> oh, what do I know? Ernesto's in Boynton Beach. Ernesto kicks us off on the phones on Ken Levick Alive. Ernesto, talk to us. Yes, this is the way I want to start my day with Yankee banter. Yes! <laughs> Uh, yes! Let's go, yes, and, he, and the Yankee God, the Yankee God is a Met, is a Met, is a Met, uh, Mr. Met. Mr. Met. Mr. Met. It is Mr. Met. Yeah, it is Mr. Met. It is, it is. Listen. You've seen it, it. This is, this has been, this has just been something that, to be honest, it was really, it was there. It, just because they were big and bad and they got away with it. You just seem to understand. This was petty. They did petty stuff like this back then, like, like running hard to second. Y'all forget that. Running hard to home. Mm-hmm. I forget, I'm, trying, I'm trying to remember the, the instances. Um, there was that, the, uh, I'm going inside pitch. And look, I'm telling you, they were getting away with this for a long time because they were being dominant. And like you guys were just saying, when they walked in the room, they had this kind of persona like, damn, that's them. And, and they got away with crap, man. They got away with yeah. a lot of stuff. Now, since we're in bizarro world, it took me a long time to say this. We got a new owner. The Mets are overbidding everybody. Yep. We're going to end up taking Aaron Judge from them. <laughs> Holy smoke. How would I ever thought that in my lifetime, I'm going to have an owner that's going to outbid anybody in baseball. Hell yeah, the gods have spoken. Thank you for taking my call, guys. Ernesto, I hope we got your weekend off. That was great. Right that was a GOAT call. I just... I. <sighs> Here's, here's what it sort of feels like with Yankees fans right now. And this is a problem for the organization as well. There seems to be ap- uh, apathy that's starting to seep in. I don't feel empathetic for them. There's apathy that's starting to seep in with the Yankees. because Where? I, I, no, what I'm saying is that I think that there are Yankees fans that are so over it at this point. They're so over the lack of productivity, the lack of playoff appearances, the lack of playoff uh, success, Aaron Boone walking Miguel Cabrera, that there's just sort of Yankees fandom that's going, eh, eh, I I don't know anymore. And that's a problem. You know what I'm going to say to that? Cry me a freaking river. Tired of you Yankee fans being overdramatic overhype, thinking that you guys own the room once you walk into it. Why? 27 World Championships. Oh, yeah, you got a scared manager running your team right now. Get over yourselves. I mean, that's a scared move yesterday. That's just a scared move. And, again, I'm speaking as a fan. For Aaron Boone to do that, it's just weak. It's just flat-out weak. I have the Austin Meadows call 
And, and, and the crowd loves it when he hits that yeah. blooper in the center. Yeah. Here's it's, Austin Meadows, Bally's Detroit. Oh, plays out against Austin Meadows. Off the end of the bat, shallow it's center, down. coming hard, it's going to drop! Two-run score, Austin Meadows makes the Yankees pay. I love it! Love it! I mean, at least it had a storybook ending, right? Yes! <laughs> it wasn't 3,000 hits, but it was a kick to the collective Yankees groin. I love it when you get to be petty, but it's very gratifying. Mm-hmm. And that's what I felt like Detroit fans had in that moment. Thank you, baseball god. With a Mr. Met head. Is like Francisco Lindor in the background somewhere around there too? Maybe. I hope so. Just, 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 what is he doing? Just circling the Mr. Met head? Yes. Yeah. What's the one word to describe the Yankees walking Miggy yesterday? Cowardice? Weak? Petty? Mm. I mean, there's a whole lot. Nothing positive. I'm sorry. We'll get to your social media posts on the other side as well. But what's the one word to describe the Yankees walking Miggy yesterday? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And on Twitter, at KLV1063. Ken Levick Alive presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. Ain't no cowardice there. They are going to help to push you through the uh, MBA sport management program and get you a job in sports. This is the way to go. And they're actually going to have you coming out winning on the other side, unlike the Yankees. It's the FAU MBA sport management program. Fall semester classes, sign up for them now online or on campus in Boca. FAU.edu slash MBA sport. FAU.edu slash MBA sport. The FAU MBA sport management program. 22 years of being your best path to the sports industry. The one word to describe the failing Yankees. Walking Miggy yesterday. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. It's a Friday. Jeanette Javier's hanging out. He's still on the band with Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. Man, I look up. Stone, we are getting close, my friend. Yes, we are. NFL Draft Thursday. And by the way... If you want to hear more of me, and why wouldn't you? Thursday, in addition to Ken Levick Alive at Noon, your soft sports talk radio lunch uh, nest. That was great. I like that. That was great. Very eloquent. Very. I'll also be hosting the NFL Draft kickoff show 6 to 8 Thursday night from Palm Beach Kennel Club with Pierre Garcon right here on ESPN 106.3. I'll be talking. Pierre will be educating. Okay. Yeah. By the way, that is one of my favorite tones ever in sports. The draft day. Why don't you marry it? I don't know what that means. It's just, how could you not just be? It's so fun. It's light and it's exciting. I got us warmed up yesterday. Yeah. Talking about Kenny Pickett. By the way, do you have your no-name quarterback report today? He forgot, didn't he? 
Yes. Look yep. at his face. Look at, his look face. at that pause. He doesn't even know the what to, how to respond. He just, he's not even looking at anybody. He's just going back and forth in his chair, waving the microphone. He does not have his paper. This guy. <laughs> this guy. He did Kenny Pickett yesterday, and he just thought it was done. <laughs> you got nothing? Okay, cool. All right. Uh, we are presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. This dude, man. This dude. Uh, we've been talking about the Yankees. We've been talking about them not pitching to Miggy, keeping him from 3,000 hits in front of the Detroit fans, and just how weak that entire thing was. Like The Yankees, that's soft stuff. Get him out. He's 39. If you can't trust your bullpen to get out 39-year-old Miguel Cabrera, you know what? You're probably not a contender. Okay. It's weak, weak stuff. We asked on social media the one word to describe the Yankees intentionally walking Miggy. Osmataz Buckshank says strategy. Sure, it was strategy. But as we said, it, just because it's the baseball norm doesn't mean it was the right decision because the guy coming to the plate, Austin Meadows, was better against lefty relievers so far this season. Early sample size, yes, but statistically better against lefty relievers than Miggy this year. He's a Yankees fan. The word strategy is just as much of a cop-out as yeah. Aaron Boone did. Strategy is a cop-out. It's a flat-out cop-out. Stacey Armentrout says shameful. That's a good yes. one. Yes. It was Come shameful. Come through, Stacey. And, and again, Yankees fans, I hope you feel some shame in this because that's, that's, not, that's not good. That's not something to be proud of. That's not something to be happy about. With Aaron Boone about. It's just not. The Steve Tom Empire. Uh, Steve Thomas, uh, he tweets, scared. It was scared what the Yankees did. Yeah. It was, it really was a wuss move. <laughs> I said wuss for the first time in 15 years. It was a wuss move. Well, to be fair, the first thing that came to my mind, I can't say on air, but that was a yeah. beep uh-huh. move. Yes. Uh, Anthony Fernandez says anticlimactic. You think, Anthony? You think? Uh, also, uh, Jeff T. He messages, they're the evil empire for not allowing him the chance for 3000 in front of the crowd. It was weak, yeah, but they did it to piss everyone off. Yeah, there was a petty aspect to it, too. You can't tell me. Aaron Boone can't tell me with a straight face there wasn't a petty aspect to that move yesterday. No. Like, come on. Come on. Super petty. So you think he wakes up in the morning knowing he's going to intentionally walk Miggy? No, but... I think in that spot, I don't think you have to wake up in the morning and be like, I'm going to walk Miggy today. No. As the. You know, a part of me thinks <laughs> that he probably did that. I mean, in that morning, as far as reporters he's close to, I'm sure they asked him about it. Like early on, before that game even started. Like, you know, Miggy's one hit away. Obviously, he does. And then his mind starts racing. You know, how am I going to no, handle No, because it? that's something you know before the game, for but sure. But you don't know, you don't know the bases are going to be he loaded. Or, or in the early innings, though, he would have. Walked him all. It, the super petty would have been to just walk him every time, like uh, like year two thousand three Barry Bonds. Like that would have been amazing if he just did that. That would almost draw my respect for Aaron Boone because that's just putting your pettiness out on display. This was like a, a, a try and sneak it in the back door type of petty. My favorite yeah. kind of petty, though, oh. not to defend him, but when you sneaky petty like that, <laughs> sneaky I mean, there's no Love sneaky it. petty in Detroit. Walking the guy one hit away. Yeah, and you can't poor, sneak out the back door. It was just really weak. Poor Detroit. They have something to look forward to, and it's absolutely ripped apart. From I know. That was my up. favorite take. Kids took off school mm-hmm. to come here. His yeah, family's the there. There were people taking off of school, taking off of work. His family is there. And then Aaron Boone walks him. Can <laughs> we hear the crowd one more time? 
from from Bally's Detroit. The crowd one more time when they realize they go from oh Miggy's up, here comes history. Potentially. All the phones are out ready oh, to yeah. record. To absolute abject fury towards Aaron Boone. Listen to this. Well, we could see. Uh... I love how they were silent, too, to really take in the noises. Let me hear the transition from from excited to angry one more time. We could see... uh... (laughs) Oh, that's good. Oh, man, I love that. That is a deep vowel O from the boo. Oh, that's from the chest. Oh, man, you feel Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Ed Killer tweets, lost in this argument is that Boone and the Yankees did pitch to Mickey three times and he went 0 for 3. Yeah, that's the thing too. It was 0 for 3 on the day. So you don't trust in that moment that you can get out 39-year-old Miguel Cabrera Aww. who was 0 for 3 on the day and $29.99, let's not forget, was a, uh, a softly hit infield single the night before. That's laughable. He hasn't squared up on anything in about four days. Okay. So come on, man. (laughs) Come on. What's one word to describe the Yankees walking Miggy yesterday? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And as always, hit us up on social media at KLV1063. I am a big fan. I was just I was just thinking about it. Like I love when I've got my phone in front of me and it's just so like quick. I love my Android. I, I and I get a lot of crap in the office. I don't know why this came to mind, but I get a lot of crap in the office about having an Android. You have an iPhone, right? Yes, I yeah. do. And, and I am one. Who gives you crap? Everybody else here has an iPhone, and the thing is, oh, when you text me, it doesn't. What color? So I have an Android as well. You do. She's uh, uh, Jeanette's been on an island, an Android island with me and for she, years, and she's getting swayed. She's about to come join, Wait, get away from the dark side. I'm what? I'm in the process. I have a I have an appointment with my carrier on Sunday. To potentially switch mean? to He's iPhone. An appointment with your carrier. What is what is your 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 phone <laughs> provider like your therapist? What is that? An appointment <laughs> no. with my carrier. What are you gonna sit down on a couch and say, oh well, this text didn't go through and oh my 5G is not in good shape. With like, Larry is, from Verizon. Uh, what, so, what on an appointment with your carrier? <laughs> why don't you just walk into the damn phone store? No, I already have an iPhone with me because my other job gave me a company iPhone because of their camera. We've take a lot of pictures and video on the iPhone that I have. But I've been so devoted and dedicated to my Android phone, and I've loved Android all my life. Uh, that, And then when it comes to that green-blue thing going on, the guy that I'm talking to right uh-huh. now has an Android phone. So we get blue messages, baby, and I get oh, receipts See, that's right how now. you know that it, it's, a, it's a connection, blue on blue. Exactly. But I, I need help, and I have the perfect scenario here. Do I switch to an iPhone or do I stick with my Android phone? But what are the pros and cons? Because the pros are Android and the cons are crap. Now, iPhone, basic, the, automate, automated. And it's not as technologically advanced as an Android. I mean, that's just facts. I don't know. I, I don't know what else to tell you. Androids are faster. Androids are sleeker. Androids are the better flip phones if you want to go big money route because I'm bougie. Yeah, sure. Plus, like for me, I love being unique and I love being out of the ordinary. So when people tell me, oh, I get that green text, I'm like, heck yeah, you do. 
Well, and that's the thing too about iPhone people is this whole text color thing. Like if if because you can't include Android users in like an iPhone group chat and the color shows up and uh, iPhone users automatically know that you don't have an iPhone. Ugh, you don't have an iPhone? Like you you people stone and that's right. You people are so pretentious with your iPhone nonsense. Now, you cannot switch, Jeanette. Now, I'll give you a pro, I'm and, mad. and you guys are going to attack me for being a little Gen Z here, but here's one of the things that really gets me going. A little Gen Z or Gen uh, Z? Gen Were Z. Were you choking when you said that? I was. Okay. <laughs> a little Gen Z here, and you okay. guys are going to come after me for it, but I, I really stand with this. Nowadays, emphasizing messages is really important. Like, if you don't want to reply to somebody, but you like what they said, you give them the thumbs up, and that's basically like saying, okay, I got it, okay, thank you. But there's emojis but, for that. Right. You guys don't even get the emojis correctly, but here, what I'm saying about emphasizing if Ken sends a message, right, when we're prepping for the show, and I love it. Oh, we're going to run with that. I love it. And I try to emphasize it. A whole automated text gets sent that said, Stone emphasized the message. It doesn't tell you what message I emphasized or it doesn't show you that I did it. It's a text. That's like, it's like a shortcut for your grandmother. Oh like, my you gosh, send an automated text. That's a selling yourself. point? That like, I'm not sold. That, failed. That's <laughs> what you you're going to use to say that iPhones are superior to Androids? You're horrible. Seriously, though, you could have come up with, oh, their photos, the, the quality of photos is better. <laughs> I mean, the no, because Android, like that phone right there, Androids do take, they take good photos. Like, I'm not going to deny that. Okay. So Which that's is a what better sell than what? emphasize this message. I emphasize, like, I everybody I talk to. I less about that, Stone. I need right. something that's going to be efficient. The quality is going to be high. And Android has come through for me this whole freaking time. Listen, all I know is that iPhone users are pretentious, pretentious people. Okay iPhone users think they have all these little gadgets and that that makes it cooler. And what they do, they're like a gang, right? They're, they're in the majority, so they're going to try and keep the minorities down, the phone minorities down, okay? So they're phonists. They're phonists. Oh. They think that they own society, okay? So the Android, yeah, there's fewer of us, but we have better taste. We like the quicker phones. We love the technological advancement. But you know what they do? You know what they do with the iPhone? They're getting caught up in the brand. They're, get, they're just getting caught up in the brand because we can go to the iPhone store. The genius bar. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> like, there's so many of these things. My, I want my, my earbuds. Oh, shut up. That's a movie, okay? It's a great so, movie, too. Uh, so, so for me, you can't leave Android Island. Reconsider. Build a condo, move in. Settle and have a family. Just see how your appointment you goes. You want me first, to have a family? That's not, that's not a good A no. phone family. It's different. They're made of emojis. Okay, much better. Yeah. Than a real first, family. Just see how your appointment goes with your Verizon therapist. If and, they and, tell and then get me. Back who gets, who you sets an appointment with their phone counselor? I've never heard of that <laughs> before. I've just always walked into the store. He's going to sell you on the iPhone because if you sit you know in front what? of him. My time is precious. I don't want to waste my time waiting around, looking awkwardly in a store, sitting on some bench outside. Two questions here, okay? Two questions here. Should Jeanette flip from Android to iPhone? This is, this is phone recruiting, okay? She has been, she's, she, she's wondering if she should be in the transfer portal. She's team Android right now. Always Should Jeanette go to the transfer portal and sign with team iPhone? Should she flip from Android to iPhone, and does anybody else set appointments to buy a phone? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, and on Twitter, at KLV1063. Should Jeanette enter, uh, enter the phone transfer portal? 
Right now, she's on Team Android. Should Jeanette leave to go into the transfer portal? And do you set appointments to buy a phone? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And on Twitter, at KLV1063. Um, yes. You know, I want to talk about eventually if somebody calls in of defending iPhone um, about FaceTime. Because FaceTime to me sounds super scary. The fact that somebody can just call me up and video is automatically put there. That sounds miserable. So I find FaceTime like a serious con. Yeah, that's the thing. If you want to video call me. Set an appointment. Or use WhatsApp. Okay? Use WhatsApp. Said no one ever WhatsApp call me. Oh. I FaceTime 80% of my calls. Why? That's miserable. Why I would only, you do that to somebody? I don't even like talking on the phone phone to people. Because when you call somebody on the phone, you kind of got to ask them, where are you? You know, what are you doing? But when they answer FaceTime, you already get where they're are at and what they're doing. Are you a serial killer? I don't care what people are. You want to see their background, their surroundings, so you can stalk them? Is that what you're saying, Stone? Mm, I'm sure. I, I want to stalk my friends that I want to hang out with, yes. But, but so you is- want to stalk me now? I'm gonna, Are you going to stalk me if, if I If you're switch? at the Tampa Bay Bucks game, right, watching Tom Brady do make his comeback, I'm going to FaceTime you and, hey, turn the camera around. Let me see. Let me see. Not but I'm not I'm calling you on Brady. WhatsApp. I don't understand the thought process behind, I want to see where my friends are at when I talk to them. That sounds like, really who creepy. Can, why don't you just ask them? I why do. Like, I say, oh, you're at the bar? I'll be there. But Maybe they why did you need to see that then? Because I thought it was the whole point. You were going to be able to glean their location based off of uh, of symbols and landmarks in the background. Maybe they don't want you there, Stone. Maybe they're doing <laughs> oh. it on purpose. <laughs> I have never heard of that where, oh, I want to see where they're at. I don't care. When I talk to somebody on the phone, I don't give two solitary bleeps about where they're at. Are you okay, Stone? Do you need friends? No, I don't. I don't. I will FaceTime my group last night when I wanted to talk to three of them. We're in a group chat. I FaceTimed them. We all picked up, hashed it out, chopped it up a little bit. I don't understand. Again, I want to go back to this. I like FaceTiming so I know where they're at. Like, what is Sure Stone Holmes over here? It's like, hmm, green wall. I see a football helmet. Are you at a Duffy's? Like, what are you? What are you an investigator? What are you doing there? I just, like I said, I want to know where they're at and it makes it kind of quicker. Like, hey, okay, I'll meet you there. Or kind of, are you on your way home yet? Yeah, I see him in the car. All right, cool. See, and now we get the gist of what's going on. Okay. And in a, in a, let's just act this out real quick. You know what the alternative to that is? Instead of FaceTiming them and putting yourself in danger, potentially while you're driving, it's like, Jeanette, where are you? On the car. Is oh. It, is that a text message? And scene. Is no, that a text message? We were just talking on the phone. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. That was a phone conversation. Like hands-free. And it can be a text message if you're at a stop sign. Stoplight. <laughs> when we come back, more rules of the road. Should Jeanette go in to the phone transfer portal? She's team Android. Should she flip to iPhone? And have you ever set an appointment to buy a phone? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. On Twitter, at KLV1063. It's a Friday. She's Jeanette Javier. And is she going to flip? I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN1063. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. A breaking text from my wife. You've never just walked in a store for a phone. I've taken care of all of your purchases. Ha ha, she 
Oh, God. On blast. <laughs> she told you. Oh, Jeanette, who make the appointments? You've never even walked into a store. <laughs> who are you to say anything? He don't even know how it works. Exactly. <laughs> We're presented by... The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA Sport. Sit down. <laughs> uh, I got the clap. I got the Dominican clap. That's what they call it. Per syllable, honey. Oh, boy. Don't leave Team Android. Come on, you found a man who, who blew texts with you, too. Well, the issue with said beautiful man is that he lives... The Midwest. That's the fine. That's country. fine. So all you have is the blue messages. That's all I have is the blue messages. That's what I knew was for real. We went on Jeanette. one date down here, and he goes, oh, I have to go back to Chicago tomorrow morning. I can just see and now. And then we switched, uh, and then we exchanged numbers, and then I, it was like a blue text. And I was like, oh, my God, it's the love of my life. I can just see now, like, t- it's 2.30 in the morning. The lights are off. Jeanette just laying alone in bed. A distant police siren in the background. And then her phone lights up. And a blue tint is seen on the wall, and that's love. It's close. That's love. It's close. That's the scene. That's Jeanette's life right now. Is just is a blue light on my phone. I get read receipts. <laughs> what? Oh, is this what God. love feels like? You iPhone people, you are the most pretentious. Uh, hey, last night, two, not one, two, Dos. twenty-five plus point comebacks. The Minnesota Timberwolves, I mean, we're talking poverty franchise. Just utter embarrassment. Just just poverty franchise. But don't worry, they won the championship in the play-in game a week and a half ago. I mean, Pat Beverly, in the opening three minutes of the game, is driving by John Morant and giving him the too small hand motion. Twice. He did it twice. And then he took that L once. (laughs) I mean, uh, twice. Yeah, I guess he did take that L twice, too. That's true. I love it. I love this drama. I love that he's so overconfident. Yeah, I mean, they they were going back and forth on Twitter last night. Like, Ja quote tweeted Carl Anthony Towns. Like, there's drama brewing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ja does not back down from any trash talk. In fact, let's hear Ja after the game last night at the podium when he was doing his postgame. Oh, do we have that, Stone, or do we have him in the uh, on the floor in his uh, in his postgame interview? Just let me know because he he is he is just all over the trash talk, all over the trash talk. And think about if you're a Timberwolves fan today, you witness your team up 25 in the first half. And then 26 in the second half. And then within four and a half game minutes, that 26-point lead was gone. Bye-bye. A 21-0 run, Stone. 21-0 run. And then after the game, John Morant just sticking the dagger in Timberwolves fans. How did it feel at the end of the game, you know, to get the last laugh? Good. I'm disrespectful just like they disrespectful. That's why, you see, I threw that ball in the air. I asked for the ball. Um, I know what we're capable of, and like I said, like this morning, you know, that was our goal, come in and, you know, win games on the road and have their fans go home mad. So, you know, it'd probably be a lot of people, you know, drinking tonight with that L. <laughs> I seen a video, too. Um, y'all see it later, though. Oh, I man. love it so much. A lot of people drinking tonight with that L. Yes. You know man. what? And the fact that he takes so much ownership of it, he's like, and what? And I did that. And you want some more? 
They disrespectful, so I'm going to be disrespectful See, not only to you, your arena, your fan base, everyone's Yeah, and that's drinking. the thing. Like, you said Aaron Boone. Would he ever wake up petty thinking that I'm just going to walk Mingo Cabrera? No. But John Morant does wake up wondering what's the pettiest thing that I can do. And you're right. He checked every box. Yeah. Fans, arena, <laughs> city, like everything, team, everything. He chose violence. He did choose violence. He said he took ownership. Post-game, on the floor, getting interviewed, the kid, the 20-year-old kid, took so much ownership. No, we'll do that. We'll do that, too. We'll do that. We'll, we'll, we'll compare him and, quote-unquote, superstar Trey Young uh, because we have a thing now where uh, we compare people that actually are superstars and yes. what they say yes, and yes, how yes, they yes. act and, and, and lead by example and then Trey Young. We'll get to that later on uh, in the show. But I think about it. clarify, too, that Stone is the one who does that, compares these superstars to people who and Trey Young. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's a great point. It's <laughs> a, a great and, point. And Jay will. But, and, I mean, and Jay will. But and Jay will. with Kevin Durant and the way he's playing, he spoke after the game and took full ownership, said, I need to be better. And he, he, you know, he broke down X's and O's and, and you know, what they're kind of doing to him and how they're trapping him, how they're playing defense against him. And then Trey Young talking about the refs and they need to call more fouls. And then John Morant last night. So we're just perspectives from professionals. But right? I like to think that I'm teaching Stone what a proper superstar, the way he approaches <laughs> uh, ad- ad- adversity and, and tough moments. Uh, but don't worry, Trey Young's a superstar. He's a superstar because he beat the Knicks. <laughs> but think about it. <laughs> and the Hornets. Uh, right. And, and you have. You, and the Sixers, eating five. So you've got, uh, you've, got, you've got two 25 or more point leads that you're enjoying. And you see a team come back twice, including a 21-0 run where, oh, I don't know, Chris Finch wanted to call a timeout at any point there, T-Wolf's coach, maybe a timeout, little little timey, little little hand in the palm, time, 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 timeout. Nope, nothing. 21-0 run. Figure it out. And then the TV timeout happened, and that was the first timeout of that sequence was once they had lost the lead completely after being up by 26 points. What is the most traumatic comeback that you as a fan have ever been on the wrong end of. Because last night, for the Timberwolves, that's that. There's never been another game in Timberwolves history where the comeback has been as traumatic. And there's been a lot of losses in Timberwolves history. There's never been a more traumatic loss than that. You as a fan, what is the most traumatic comeback loss that you've ever been on the wrong end of? 888-760-3776, and on Twitter, at KLV1063. She's Jeanette Javier, I'm Ken Levick, I'm live on ESPN 1063.